So, you know, when I when I talk to my men today, I tell them, man, you got to stay on your knees. This thing starts from the inside. It's not from the outside. You know, it's, I, I, I run into so many guys, you know, and after being clean for a couple months and, you know, done brush their teeth, put on some new clothes, got a haircut, and they think this is it. And I say, man, you ain't even begun yet. That's, you ain't did nothing but cleaned up the outside. This is an inside job. All right, so I've got Pastor Matt here with me. I've got Blake Douglas and Patrick Mojet. Today we were talking about how do you help panhandlers. Patrick, starting out, why don't you just tell us a little bit of your story of what life was like before you came to the rescue mission, just so people can get to know you a little bit. Okay, before I came to the rescue mission, I dealt with drug addiction for about 25 years. I've been in and out of prison um, institutions as well and just trying to recover from addiction. Um, during that time, I found myself homeless. I found myself um, panhandling, trying to get money to support my drug addiction. Um, sometimes it was, it was to eat. Not most of the time, no. Most of the time it was to support my drug addiction. So we use, we use the language um, inside the rescue mission of people that are living on the streets. And outside of the rescue mission, people may not know exactly what that means. Pat, when we talk about living on the streets, what does that look like day to day? Day to day, living on the streets, you're you're totally for me. I was totally in grind mode all the time. Um, just trying to find ways to get money, find ways to get more drugs, find ways to support my drug addiction. Um, I go in and out the mission to to eat and shower, and then I hit the streets. You know, um just trying to find ways to support the drug addiction. And um, it was nights I had to sleep outside because of the rules I broke at the mission and just whatever it was, um, you know, couldn't find no one to sleep, no no place to sleep. I might sleep in a hallway uh, behind the building, um, basically just wherever I could. Yeah, to, to try to stay safe and stay warm, you know, some nights it wasn't so warm out there. So did you ever do any of that where you're like posting up in the morning during traffic or anything like that? No, no, sir. Okay. No. Every once in a while I'd be in the neighborhood store, you know, but not too much of that. I supported my addiction in other ways. I, you know, shoplift, stole from stores or whatever I had to do. Can I, uh, let me, let me jump back a, a second because I was, I'm interested to hear more about this, you know, what you called grind mode, right? And and just to, I think one of the things that we want to do, you know, as we, we don't want to waste people's time on a podcast, right? If right. they're going to listen, we want it to be worthwhile. So we, we are seeking understanding. So yeah. like, I think, I think a lot of times we have this, uh, well, I say we, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I have this, I have this idea sometimes of like the, the, the noble person on the street who really tried everything mm. and, and they're just really got, got a bad shake on everything. Mm. And, um, and if they just had, you know, if they just got 40 bucks today or if they just got 60 bucks today, they get a room and then they get a job and then they'll get right back to the way it goes. Can you talk a little bit about how you get to that place of the grind mode? 
of how you get to that place where all of your decisions are based around like, I got to get this so I can get this. Mm. My grind mode was based on my addiction. My addiction for me controlled my life. It did. It called the shots. Mm. It, it basically told me when to get up, when to sleep, when to go out in the household. Um, for me, that's what addiction does. Um, it, it controls everything. I was under, I was under um, my addiction, drug of choice was crack cocaine. And I craved it, you know, basically 24-7. And I did whatever I had to do to get that. It cost me, um, cost me a lot of years of my life in the penitentiary. Cost me a lot of years, cost me a lot. I lost a lot of family. I didn't lose a lot of family, but it was struggled relationships because of that. So when I say grind mode, when I woke up in the morning, my thought was how how I'm gonna get one today. Yeah. So when I when I when I leave out, that was my plan. How I'm gonna get one today, and I'm coming up with a plan. Rather it's going into the store, rather it's going out and hustle on the corner at the store. You know, usually I had to get me a a way to the store. That may mean getting money for the bus. So I know I need $3 for all-day bus pass. Mm -hmm. So I start off like that sometimes. And I know if I can get to the store, then I can get what I need, get some products, bring it back to the neighborhood or wherever, take it and sell it, then I can go get my drugs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a different kind of economy almost, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you had a job. You were doing work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you know, um, just sitting here talking about, you know, gentlemen's homelessness, you know, and now God has blessed me to be in a different position today. And I look back and I understand, you know, um, I, I try to always have compassion for the people out there. You know, um, I love one of the things that the mission came up with. And actually they, they came up with it while I was in program at the rescue mission. And they said, real change, not spare change. And when I first heard this, it kind of irked me a little. I mean, you know, to be honest, I, I'm being real honest here. Because I felt like, be honest, I felt like they was trying to get it all for themselves. But as I went along, as I went on in the program and continued to build my relationship with God, I began to really understand this, you know, because I can give you spare change all day. It's not going to change you. It's not going to change your situation. You know, when they talk about that real change, they're talking about a change of the heart, a change of the spirit, you know, changing the way that we do things, you know. So I love that now today, you know, and I fell in love with them when I was in program because I began to really understand. You know, even as Jesus talked to the Pharisees, he talked about, you know, how the Pharisees stood on the corner and they prayed and they looked it all wonderful and glorious. And, and you know, they tried to convince you they were so spiritual and so religious, you know. And Jesus talked about it wasn't the outside appearance. It comes from the heart. You know, you got to change the heart. Even when I think I, I love King David because he talks about creating me, oh, God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit. So, you know, when I when I talk to my men today, I tell them, man, you got to stay on your knees. 
Mm-hmm. This thing starts from the inside. Yeah. It's not from the outside. You know, it's, I, I, I run into so many guys, you know, and after being clean for a couple months and, you know, done brush their teeth, put on some new clothes, got a haircut, and they think this is it. And I say, man, you ain't even begun yet. That's, you ain't did nothing but cleaned up the outside. This is an inside job. It's a spiritual, moral, inside job, you know, and that's where it started at. So, um, you know, when I when I see people on the corner, I'll I be honest, you know, it's just me being up front. When I see someone on the corner and he healthy as me, I'm not giving him no money because if I can go to work, he can go to work. Mm. That's just the way I feel. Maybe that sounds selfish to some people, but that's the way I feel, you know. I know some people that's gotten into some bad situations, but we have so many resources here in Fort Wayne. It's crazy. It's so many resources that can help people, you know. But um, you got to be willing to put in some work to get these resources. It's not just going to come and land in your lap. Are there folks out there that this is legit? Are there folks out there oh. that, that, <laughs> that they are? I'm hungry. I need bus fare. I need... Or they all have seven kids. Or they all have seven kids and need to get back to Ohio. Right. You know, where, where where do we say legit? You know, I understand what you're saying. But where where do we say legit? You know, um, we, we've seen... I've seen on different things, YouTube, Facebook, you know, different social networks, where people was out here begging, come down to find out, they got. They living in a condo. Mm-hmm. They driving a brand new car, but the game has be some became so good to them. And I, I was looking at for one example. I was looking at a lady is up in New York. I think it was. It was by a real expensive store, and they followed this lady. They followed her. She left there, got on the train, took the train to somewhere, got off the train changed her clothes, got into a brand-new van, and met her friends for lunch at an expensive restaurant. I know some people that ain't in that same situation, you know, and it may be some people that legitimately need that help, you know. But I say again, it's so many resources out here that the help is out here. It's just about going out and getting it. And I think what the problem is, we look for an overnight fix. And when it's not an overnight fix, we're not willing to put the work in or the labor or whatever we need to do. Does pride have anything to do with that, Patrick, as far as wanting to accept that help? How can we say pride will have anything to do? I'm just, you know, thinking in my mind because I think I would rather go somewhere to a um, legitimate place to get help than stand out in front of a store and beg for money. You know, I mean, where is the pride in that? That's that's a legitimate question, though, but, yeah, in my thought, you know, where's the pride at in that, you know? Yeah, I think I think we all agree, especially as an organization, like, I think the worst thing that you can do is just give somebody some cash, you know, when they're when they're posted up asking for asking for money or help. Um, I know at, at times that it's it's frustrating for me when I see guys that are out panhandling and like and I know them from the mission. It was like you don't have a need for shelter. You don't have a need for food. It's it's all taken care of because I've I know you from the mission and so let's say for example that somebody clicked on this on this episode because the title of it's going to be 
how do you help panhandlers? So let's say somebody's clicked on this episode. They've, they've, they've listened to our story. They've listened to what they talked about today and they've come to the conclusion, okay, this person at the end of the day doesn't ultimately need my money. So the next time I see a panhandler, what can we encourage these listeners to do the next time they're at a red light and that panhandler is giving them the, the puppy dog eyes asking for some money? How, how can they actually be helpful? You know, I, I, I look at myself when I come into this program. I came into this program with nothing in my life. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. When I came in, I had a pair of Crocs, a pair of sweatpants, and a sweatshirt. That's what I came into this program with. Um, when I came into this program about nine years ago, and literally that's what I had. That's all I had. A pair of Crocs, a pair of sweatpants, and a sweatshirt. That's it. You know, and um, for me, I had to come in and humble myself, and I had to learn how to ask for help. And, and I, I share this with my guys when I do class, and I think this is so big. You know, like I said, I struggled with drug addiction about 25, 30 years, and something happened, and I, I prayed, and you know, I asked God, I said, what's going on? Why can't I Why can't I stay clean off the drugs and everything? And God shared with me. He spoke to me and he told me. He said, because you don't want to listen and you don't want to take direction. So when I look at men's and I talk to men's that's in, you know, similar situations that I was in, and, and I share with them, I say, you know, I, I asked God, what am I missing? What am I missing? What's going on in my life? What I'm missing that I can't stay clean off the drugs. I keep ending up in situations that I don't want to be in, you know, and God spoke to me. He said, you don't want to listen and you don't want to take direction. When I learned, when I learned to listen and take direction, my life began to change, but it didn't happen overnight. It was a process and this process took a long time didn't happen overnight. So I think a lot of these people, you know, for me, especially I, I, I love dealing with men's mostly. That's my thing. I love working with men's. Um, you know, I tell the men's, we gotta, we gotta humble ourselves before God and before man. And we gotta learn how to listen and we gotta learn how to take direction and stay in the process. Because before then, my way just didn't work. I always end up messing up. So God put some people in my life, and I learned how to take some direction, and I learned how to ask for help. That's, that was the big thing for me. Yeah. Can you think of a story when you were in your grind of someone trying to help you, someone trying to either get you to the mission or a program like this, and you kind of fighting back against them or not realizing the hand they were offering you is the one you should take? Most definitely. You know, it, it was many times. I I, I want to share. I remember um, in my addiction, um, I went to a halfway house, and I asked the man for help, and he said, "Well, I don't have a bed today, but I have a bed tomorrow." He said, "You show up here tomorrow at nine a.m. and you can get in. You can get into this program." And I didn't go. I didn't go. I I, I you know. I was out using, and I said, forget it, you know, whatever. Well, the next day I ended up getting locked up. 
And I remember mm-hmm. talking to my mama. <laughs> I remember talking to my mother and my mom said, and I'm like, I'm like, oh man, you know. So my mom's she I remember she told me this, God rest her soul. She said, You didn't took you didn't take door A, so God gave you door B and he made sure you was gonna be there. Cause it locked behind you. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I said, okay. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Would you say that it it took that interruption? Right? Like we've we've we talked a lot about when we were working sort of emergency services and things like that. We talked a lot about just trying to interrupt their cycles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um and and I, and I wonder what it looks like, you know, and I wonder we're always trying to figure out how to do this better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and so I don't know. How I mean just asking the the four of us, how would we do this better? How do you get in between those people and the stuff that's dragging them down? I, I think personally they got to come to a point to where they see that what they've been doing um, for years, multiple years, or some may even been decades, is not working. Mm. They got to come to the point of that, that it's not working. I got to try something different, you know. Um, I think that's what it really took personally for myself, you know, um, just – Every plan I came up with just didn't work. I always ended up back in the wrong places, doing the wrong thing, you know. Um, I think I had to finally get to the place of brokenness. In my brokenness, I surrendered. In my brokenness, I was willing to listen. In my brokenness, I was willing to take some direction and some guidance. And God put the right people in my life, um, who I still love to this day, you know. Um, it's That's just... I think you got to get to that brokenness and be willing to accept the help. And for men's, a lot of men's, most men's, we're scared to ask for help. It's a pride thing. We're just scared to ask for help. I didn't know how to ask for help. You know, um, I knew how to ask for help when I had a motive, Mm. but to really ask for help, really wanting the real help and willing to humble myself and, and do what whatever asked of me, I think that was the real big thing. I kind of want to circle back to Jay's question because I do think it's a pivotal point in this episode of the, the podcast as far as some things that people can do right now, tomorrow, when they see someone on the side of the road panhandling. And for me, a big thing that I started doing as a habit was just I'd carry some bottled water with me and I, I have resource guides. I'm not sure if that's even helpful, Patrick, but I'll pull up to a guy, and I'll get one of two reactions. One, he'll either look at me real weird and kind of take it, and I immediately see him throw the resource guide away, and he'll start drinking the water. Or two, he engages, which is what I always hope for, and I'm at least able to answer you know, one more question for him, which normally it's, why are you giving me this? It's like, I work at the mission. You know, There's a lot of good information in there. You could just call one of the numbers, and someone could start helping you right now. Yeah, a lot of times people people really do not know the resources at their disposal in in Fort Wayne. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, of the resource guide. I had a neighbor one time when she found out I worked at the rescue mission. She asked me the question that we all get asked. You know, should I give money to panhandlers? And my answer was no. 
Um, but I told her we have these resource guides, and it's basically where this, can they get the resource guides? Mm-hmm. You can get these resource guides from the rescue mission. You can download them at fwrm.org. You can give us a call. We'll give you a, we'll give you a stack of them. If you're not from Fort Wayne, but you notice panhandlers in your area, I would encourage you to you can you can download ours to see like what types of resources that we that we advise, and then you can look up similar resources in your area, and you could put together your own printouts of resource guides that you could give to people because sometimes it really is people don't have a knowledge of these resources. I remember one time I pulled up to work and this guy was, was hounding me for, for $3. Cause he, he's had a doctor's appointment. It's like, what do you, I was like, dude, like you're, you're asking me for money right outside the rescue mission. And I work at the rescue mission. He's like, well, I need a bus pass. It's like, Oh, well then come inside and I'll, and I'll give you a bus pass. If you, if you can show me that you've actually got a doctor's appointment that you're going to. And it was just as he didn't have this knowledge of resources. And I think another thing that I've never really thought about, um, up until hearing Patrick's story is, is I wonder how differently our, our circles of influence would be if we started praying for panhandlers. If we saw these people that were out asking for help, if we would pray for God to humble them, if we would pray that God would bring them to a point where they would be willing to listen, they would be willing to ask for help. Cause really at the, at the end of the day, there's only so much that we can do. We can give out resource guys. We can give up bottles of water. We can, we can buy them, buy them a, a meal, um, but at the end of the day, imagine the difference that it would make if we really started bringing these people before God in prayer. Somebody asked me when we worked in emergency services, like, we may be the only person that's praying for this person right now. So we can bring them before them in prayer. So, Pat, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, bringing your expertise. This is one of the first episodes we record, and we're excited. I've got a couple more episodes in mind that I want you on, but just want to say thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks, Pat. All right. You're welcome, gentlemen. That was a fun interview. It was a fun interview. It's uh, really good to hear from somebody who's just got oodles of experience on both sides of this. So excited about all the work Patrick's doing here. We, Like you said, off air, I think there's so many other things that, that we want to talk to him about. Yeah. But just just to m- some recap a, a little bit of... of um, what might be beneficial from today? What are, what are some takeaways? Just the idea of, um, of being, you don't even have to be super creative in yeah. terms of, of what else you can do. You know, grab a, grab a car kit. Yeah. Right? We didn't say it like that, but grab some water, put mm-hmm. it in your car, grab some energy bars, put them in yeah. your car, grab a, a few resource guides. You can either get that from, from us uh, on site or you can download it from the website. If you have any questions about that, give us a holler. Yeah. We'd love to talk to you about that. And I think some other things just, uh, you know, you you had mentioned um, the idea of prayer. Prayer is super close to my heart. Praying for people, praying for opportunities, praying for um, those holy interruptions, if we can mm-hmm. not use too churchy of a language, I guess. But then also, I think, to to just know more about what homelessness really is yeah, and, and what um, can affect it. Uh, so, you know, learn something. That's what we're doing this podcast for. So subscribe, yep. uh, you know, all the buttons, whatever the buttons are, press those buttons yep, and, and do that thing and, um, and do something, right? Go out and, and volunteer. Uh, it doesn't have to be with us. Um, give somewhere of your time and your attention, maybe your resource. But, but do something and every little bit does do something um, and uh, yeah so that's that, that's what's on the front of my brain from the beginning of this anything from you yeah I think the 
If, if you weren't aware of our resource guide before this episode, I really encourage you to download that just so that you could have better ideas of, of the abundance of resources that are in Fort Wayne. And I feel like every time I open one, I'm seeing new resources on there that I'd never really caught my attention before. And you can, you can make a, like a car kit that you, that you pass out to people and put resource guides in them. But, but really one of the best things that you can do is, is be informed of, of how you can help people in your area. If you're not from Fort Wayne, learn about some of the resources that can benefit these people. And like Matt said, we just want to thank you for tuning into the podcast. If you're on uh, the Apple, you can leave a review for the podcast. That really helps out our ratings and helping more people see the podcast. You can subscribe to it. If you want to know more about the rescue mission, you can go to our website. The link will be down in the show notes. It's fwrm.org. And we hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more podcasts. Thanks.